for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Well, I've got the privilege of being able to do the talk today. I love, I love this subject. I was so thrilled when I was asked to speak on Easter Sunday. Um, it's going to be a great, a great talk because it, I'm, really, I'm really saying what the Bible says. So it's not me. It's what God is saying. Um, but we're going to look at it in different bits. And hopefully you will get a lot from this. And I hope this is going to answer a lot of questions that people have about Easter and really about the story and some of the ins and outs of the story. But before we do that, um, I just feel very much, if Chrissy could come out in a second, I just feel that God wants to heal some people this morning. Is this too low or too high? Is that why it's doing that? Is this, uh, do I hang it down a bit? Is that right now? Okay, we'll hang it down there. really feel that God wants to heal some people this morning. Um, I laid it on my heart. So we're going to be praying in a moment for some of you who have got some illnesses. Um, but first of all, Chrissy, tell us what happened to you. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have had a frozen shoulder before. It's not as inane as it sounds. It is extremely painful. And I had one a few years ago, and I had to have lots of steroid injections. It took about three weeks to heal. And about two weeks ago, I was in absolute agony with the other side, and it was definitely a frozen shoulder. I couldn't move my arm. And um, Pete prayed for me. And as the morning progressed, my arm started getting better. And he he had a a vision, he said, of my arm being up in the air. And this is the arm that hurt. (laughs) I had no pain whatsoever. And within the next day, it had gone completely, which was amazing. Fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy, do I just stay stay for a second? Right, Chrissy's Chrissy's going to help to pray in a minute. (laughs) She only found out about that early on. If you have anything to do with joints, you have a problem with your joints, okay? This can be your back, your neck, your ankles, your elbows. I just felt God say about, about joints. And as Chrissy's arm has been healed by Jesus... I just feel that God wants to heal some, some air movement that's been restricted, okay? Now, I know you're sort of thinking, oh, yeah, I have, I have got something like that, but I don't know that I, you know, well, that's fine. If you don't want us to pray, that's fine, okay? But if you want us to pray, we just feel that God wants to touch that area of your body and heal that area of your body. We're going to do it in two ways. I'm going to ask you, if you have got some area of your body, your neck, your back, your ankle, your your knee joint, or something which is restricted in some way, and you'd like us to pray, would you just start to indicate just now? If you just put your hand up. Wow. Okay. Wow. Right. Okay. What I'd like you to do is if you keep your hand up just for a moment. Now, what we do in this church is if we're praying for somebody for healing, we tend to sort of pray for those people. So we'll stretch out our hands towards you. So if you don't mind, people around you will stretch their hands out to you. And we're going to pray in Jesus' name for healing and movement to come to those areas. So, Father in heaven, we just thank you that you are the God who heals. That's one of your names, the God, you are our healer, Lord. And I just thank you for the healing you've restored to my body. And I know that you have the willingness to heal others here, Lord, today. And I just pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit will come and touch these bodies that are painful, these joints that are aching, Lord. 
and pray that you'll bring your restorative healing to their bodies, Lord, that even today, Lord, they will see some real change and some, yeah, some healing, some complete healing to their bodies today, Lord. We just pray in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen. We speak movement right now to those areas. <coughs> we speak movement in the name of Jesus. We say muscles now be freed. We say the sinews start to move. Any tearing be repaired. We say movement. Movement come back now in Jesus' name. Be restored in Jesus' name. As we're praying, just try it out. Try it out and see if there's a little bit more movement. With Chrissy, she just had a little bit. She could raise her hand just a little bit more during the, during the morning. And then we, we prayed some more. So just try it out. Is there a bit of movement? Is there something? Just try it. If it's your leg, if it's your arm. Is there a bit of movement? Even if it's just, just 10, one out of 10 or 2 out of 10. Right. Has anybody got any movement? Has anything improved at all? We've got one. Praise God. Anyone, there's something happening over here. Fantastic. Wonderful. Brilliant. Let's keep praying. Let's keep praying. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We're going to press through, Lord. We thank you that you are the one, Lord, who brings healing. Lord, we continue to speak movement and freedom to these joints in Jesus' name. Lord, for your glory, we bless your name, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for the little bit of movement we have had, Lord. Lord, we ask for an increase in it, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, so keep trying it. Yep. Yep, we will do. Yep. Yes, of course, and her joints as well, absolutely. So can you test it again? Is there any more movement? Anybody having a bit, uh, for the first time, having a bit more movement? They didn't have, yes, thank you, fantastic. This is all glory to Jesus because he does this. He does this. It's fantastic. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. During the preach, as I'm preaching, thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, yeah. Give her a clap because you're so brave. Thank you, Chrissy. (laughs) During the preach, if you continue to test it out and to see if there's any more movement, and then maybe at the end, uh, if, if you're getting some movement, you can indicate, okay? This may seem unusual to you, but this is what we, this is what we do. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is um, what Jesus does in our church. He brings healing. He brings wholeness. Not only physical healing, but he brings spiritual healing. He brings mental healing. He brings emotional healing. Yeah. And he brings uh, in a relational healing as well. And we've seen God do this in many, many ways. Okay, my talk today is entitled Tale of Two Stories. Those of you who have read Dickens' book, A Tale of Two Cities, anybody read the book or seen the film, A Tale of Two Cities? Uh, I thought there would be that, yes. And I thought it would be that age group as well. <laughs> yeah, although not you, you're very young, you are. <laughs> Tale of Two Cities, it's an emotional story. Um, I, I, I watched it as a boy and I've always remembered it because of the bit at the end where the character in the story, the two characters in the story, one is condemned to death. Unfairly, but he's he's condemned to death and he's going to be guillotined in Paris. And and another man comes and takes his place. He gets smuggled into the jail. He swaps clothing with him and he takes his place and he goes to the guillotine in his place so that this young man could be freed, could marry the one that he loved and have a family and have children and so many more would benefit from this man's death. And in a sense, that's what the story is today. This tale of two stories. It's about 
substitution. It's about exchange, an exchange that happened at Easter. Because people sort of say, you know, well, what, what, is, what is Easter about? Well, we're just going to delve into it a little bit. Easter, as I said, is about a, a, an exchange that happened. And it happened because of a decision that was made. A decision was made that there was going to be a plan in order for you and I to be able to experience the fullness of forgiveness in our hearts and new life in Jesus Christ. Next slide, if you wouldn't mind. Decisions are very powerful. If you make a decision, the decision could change your life. A decision you make could change history. Some of you in this room are going to make decisions that are going to change your life. Some of you are going to make decisions that will actually change history. Actually change history. Be involved in something like that. Before victory, there is a battle. And before the battle, there is a decision. We're going to look at two stories. Both involved decisions that were made. The battle that happened afterwards. And then the victory that came because the decision had been made. We say that Easter is a time of reflection. Why do we have Easter? Why do we have this service? Well, we all love our mums, don't we? Yeah. And we say to mum, mum, I love you. I love you, mum. You're great. You're a great mum. Thank you. Thank you. But on Mothering Day, Mothering Sunday, we celebrate that. We say it all the time, but we celebrate it. And it's the same for, for us in the church. We love Jesus. We love what Jesus did on the cross. We talk about it all the time, but we celebrate it particularly at Easter time. But how is it? That something that happened 2,000 years ago can affect you now. How is it that an event which happened long before you were born can actually have an impact on you now and actually change you, actually change you from the inside out? We're going to look at this. We're going to see how this happens and why this happens. Because it does. Story one. Story one is about a young man who wanted to exercise his free will. And his free will was that he was going to say to his dad, I want to have half my inheritance now. I want to have all the money you were intending to give to me when I get older or when you die. I want to have that money now. And the father said, yes. I will give it to you. He was sad to have to do it because it meant that his son was going to leave him. The son took the money and went and spent the money on whatever he wanted to do. The Bible teaches about the prodigal son. It says that he, he involved himself in all kinds of, of activity. He blew his money, got involved in, in immoral activities. And in the end, he was financially, emotionally and morally bankrupt. He'd ruined it. He'd ruined it. And those of you who know the story, he ended up trying to eat the pig's will that the pigs were eating, and he was even told off for doing that by his boss. How low can it go? But it says he made a decision. It says he made a decision. I will get up and I will go back to my dad. I will go back to my dad. And it says that he got up 
and he made his way towards his dad. And as he's going towards his dad, the battle started in his mind. And he's saying, what am I going to say to him? Oh, this is going to be so embarrassing. And my brother's there, and my brother is angry with me because I've taken half the inheritance, and it's put strain on him. And so he had all the battle that went on about the embarrassment of his situation and the embarrassment of what is he going to say to his dad when he gets to his dad and just the turmoil that was going on in his head. But he'd made a decision he was going to do it and he battled through the thoughts, he battled through the temptation to just go back and leave it and in the end he got to his dad and surprise upon surprise upon surprise his dad was already looking out for him his dad was already looking to see when he would come back. When would, when, when would my son come back? Will he come back? And he was on a hill and saw him afar off and went running to him and threw his arms around him. So the son had rehearsed all that he wanted to say, but the dad wasn't interested. The dad just said, welcome back. Welcome back. And put the best robe on him. And they had the best meal. A decision was made. A battle was fought, and a wonderful victory at the end. We're going to go on to story two. Before you and I were born, as the world was being made, a decision was made. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit worked together and said, we are going to have a plan for creation. Because they looked at creation and saw that it was great. If you read Genesis 1, it says, let us make man. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Plural. And when they looked at creation... They said, this is good. This is great. But then the question came. What happens if this creation of man and this wonderful relationship that we have with man, what happens if man rebels? What if man turns away from us? Because God gave man free will, the choice to love God for who he is. And in the beginning, there was that lovely relationship there was no blockage between man and God. But what if man rebelled against it and decided that they were going to do things that God didn't want them to do? What would happen? Well, what would happen is that the relationship would be broken. There'd be a separation between man and God. It'd be like a, a, a board in the way, a cloud in the way. And that's what happened in the garden, was... That Adam sinned, sin came into the world, and separation happened. But God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit looked into history because they're not restricted by time, and they could see that this would happen. And they said, well, we must have a plan. Because as they looked, they saw that man was desperate to get back to God. Man was desperate. I want, I want so much to know God. I want so much to know him. How do, I, how do I get to him? How do I get to God? And they saw that man was trying desperately to do anything that they could to please God. They were trying to be as good as they could. They tried to build things, to, to, 
to, to say you're great. But they didn't have that relationship that they first had. It was still broken. So they had a plan. And Jesus said, Father, I'll go down. I'll go down to the earth and I will deal with this sin. I will deal with this sin that's coming to the world because man doesn't seem to be, man can't get rid of this sin. Man can't get rid of the sin. He's trying to, but he can't. And we planned that we were going to have a relationship, an eternal, forever, forever, forever relationship with man. And Jesus said, I will go down. At the right time, I will go down and I will sort this out. I will take this sin. I'll remove this sin. And they said, this is a good plan. The Father said, yes. The Holy Spirit said, that's great. And so they put a plan together. See, sin is a real problem. There's a real problem with sin. If you just imagine that this is your name on this box, the trouble is that when we sin and it goes into the box, this sin acts as a separation from us and God. And it's just like as if there's a blockage between us and God. And we try every way we can, we try to be as good as we can to move this away so that we can find God. But no, this sin has to be totally, totally removed. And we all have a box. And we all have the name on the box. Because I don't think there's any one of you who would really say that you don't sin, that you don't do anything wrong. Deep down we know it. But there is a plan There was a plan, and there is a plan. On the cross, Christ became sin for us. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life through Jesus. Sin brings death, but God brings life through Jesus. How does he do it? How does he do it? Jesus was born fulfilling hundreds of prophecies that he was going to come. Throughout the Bible, we've been taught, generation after generation, we're being taught the Messiah is coming. God is coming. And when he comes, he will set his people free. He will set you free. For thousands of years before Christ came, there was prophecies, there was words, there was poems, there was writings about the fact that Jesus was going to come. Where he was going to come, where he was going to be born. And these prophecies came to be fulfilled. And at the right time, Jesus entered into his ministry, left the family in charge of the older brothers. He could now go into his ministry. Three years he had ministry. He knew what the mission was. 
It had been revealed to him the mission as to what was going to happen. So the disciples that he was training began to hear from the lips of Jesus words like, I will be dying. But don't worry, I'll be raised to life. And they couldn't believe it. And they were saying to him, no, 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 that's not going to happen. You're not going to die. That's not going to happen. And Jesus even had to rebuke Peter at one point and sort of say, no, this has got to happen. This, this has been planned. This has been planned. Do you know it says, in Acts 2, it says, God had already decided and planned that Jesus was going to be handed over. It was already planned. And it says, when they were crucifying him, when they were doing all the things that they were doing to him, it says in Acts 4.28, it says, they did what your power and will had already decided beforehand would happen. So it had already been decided that this was going to happen. And Jesus, during his ministry, knew this and started to reflect on it. And there was a joy in it for him because he knew that this was going to bring many sons into glory. But when it came towards the crucifixion, when it came to that night, Jesus had broken bread with the disciples and very shortly afterwards, Judas betrayed him. Very shortly after that, the disciples betrayed him. And he was left alone. But he went to the cross with a dignity and a confidence of what was ahead. Because there'd been a decision made, a plan made, and he was going to do his part. When you got to the cross and you know about the crucifixion, you've seen films, you've heard the stories, but what was it that happened on that cross? What was it? Why was it so different? Why is it that what happened in those hours and and the days afterwards of the crucifixion, why is it that that is so powerful and has such an effect on us today. Well, we're going, to, we're going to delve into a bit more of this plan. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed and he said, Father, if you can, would you take this cup from me? Because he knew, he knew, he, he knew what was about to happen, the sudden reality of what was going to happen. He was going to become sin. And he suddenly realized what this was going to be like. And he said, can you take this cup from me? But in his conversation with the Father, through the Spirit, they said, no, we have a, we have a plan. We have a plan and we'll all stick to it. We will all stick to it. And he said, yes, that's absolutely right. Not my will be done, but yours be done. And from that, he rose from his prayer, confident with dignity as to what was going to happen. And as we know, they took him to the cross and they nailed him onto the cross. They spat at him and they 
jeered at him and they made all kinds of comments about him. But he was on a mission. He knew what he was to do. He'd made a decision in the garden that he was going to go through with this. So now was going to come the battle. Alone, on the cross, it says that sin came on Jesus. And we know that it says that it went dark. It says the, the cloud, the sun was taken from the sky and a darkness descended on the whole of Calvary. For three hours... What was happening? I tell you what was happening. The sin of the world was coming on Jesus. The sin of the world, Jesus who knew no sin, sin was coming on him. And he was battling, he was battling as he's taking on the sin of the world, as he's taking on your sin, my sin, and he's taking it on because they were so surprised that he died so quickly. But he was taking it on. He was taking on our sin. And there came a point when that sin came on him, sin separates you from the Father. And when that happened, Jesus cried out and he said, Father, Father, why have you left me alone? It's because for the first time, he felt the separation that we have had. He felt it. Suddenly, suddenly Father's gone. Father's gone. Because the sin, our sin, came on him. But he was determined that he was going to take this sin. And when all our sin was on him, he cried out in a loud voice, It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. I have taken on the sins. I have taken on your sins. I've... It is finished. I've done it. Jesus has succeeded in his battle. But victory was still yet to come. Victory was still yet to come. Because there's another part of the Godhead still at work. Jesus went down. It says that Jesus went down into death. That Jesus descended into death. And he descended into death with our sin. And in the time that he was in, in that place, in our, in, in, in our terms, it's three days, the demons crawled all over him, searching, searching, pulling off the sin from him, looking at the name of it. Now, That's got Paul's name on it. That's got Janet's name on it. That's got Margaret's name on it. That's got Richard's name on it. And they were searching and searching to find the sin that had Jesus' name on it so that they could hold him in death. And there was no sin. They could find nothing with Jesus' name on it. There was no way... (laughs) that death could hold Jesus because Jesus had no sin with his name on it. And the Holy Spirit says, is the time right now? Father says, yes, 
The time is right now. And the Spirit raised up Jesus from the dead and brought him out from death, breaking the curse of death and hell and pain. And he broke through because no longer could hell and death hold him. And he was raised to life. That's what happened. That is what happened. That's why we celebrate Easter. It's because of that incredible, incredible event. It says, in Romans 8, it says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. As God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit. And the Bible says that as Jesus rose from the dead, it says that many others rose from the dead as well. And it says that many people appeared. It says many of those who had died or gone to sleep, as it said, in Christ, were raised up and started to appear to people. This was an amazing event. This was proof that Jesus had broken the power of death. That suddenly it says the graves opened. That's what it says in the Bible. It says the graves opened and those who had been asleep in Christ came out. This is fantastic. What a glorious day. What a glorious news that this has happened. And how good it is for you and I that it says that if we believe in Jesus, if we've accepted him into our hearts, that same spirit that lives in us will raise our mortal bodies to life. The enemy had planned death for us. But we have the gift of life through Jesus Christ. What a a wonderful story. Isn't that amazing? Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? It's been swallowed up in Christ's victory. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the victory of the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you planned from the very beginning this salvation plan. We thank you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you planned before we were born, before the world was made, that you would have this relationship with us and you would find that way for us. So, Lord, we're grateful, we're thankful, we understand now what you did. We understand the cost it was for you, Jesus, to take our sin on you on the cross. And thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Thank you, Jesus, for giving hope. Thank you, Jesus, for giving life. Thank you for all that we can have because of your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. You are wonderful. Just while we keep our heads bowed, if, if we all keep our heads bowed. If you were like the prodigal son and you've strayed away, 
Maybe you did believe in God at one time, but you've kind of given it up. It's a time to come home. It's a time to come home. It's a time to come back to the Father who loves you. It's time to come back to the Father who has given everything for you. If you don't know Jesus, if you are aware, you, you know what was, what's just been said, you understand. And if you want to become a Christian, if you want to ask Jesus into your life, you can do that today. I'm going to ask you in a moment, if you will, while the heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you if you just raise your, raise your hand and indicate to me, so nobody else will be looking, but just say, yeah, I am wanting to come back. I have strayed away. I want to come back. Then we're going to give an opportunity to do that. If you now realize that Jesus died for you, if you now realize that he went through this for you, and if you had been the only person in the world, he would still have gone to the cross for you. It's personal. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to say, I want to come home. I want to come back to Father through Jesus. I want this life that is available through Jesus. So if that's you, just, I'd just like to pray. I'd just like to pray for you. So if you are coming back, if you're saying, I'm going to come back, just indicate to me, just raise, raise a hand, raise a finger, just to let me know. I'm coming back. I'm coming home. Thank you very much. Just keep your heads bowed. Is there anybody else... I'm coming home. I'm going to come home. Just going to pray a prayer for you for release. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the response, Lord. We pray for this new life to grow. We pray for the revelation of Jesus to be very real. Pray for the love of God now to descend. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Any more movement in arms, legs? I felt particularly that there were some backs that would need some movement. If you, if you have particularly had a problem with the backs, we'd love to pray for you at the end and pray for any, anybody that's felt, yes, I think, I think something's happening to my back. I need want some more prayer. We'll gladly do that. Thank you very much for listening.